Greetings and welcome to the Audio Tidbits Podcast Network. We hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for joining us for another serving of the Audio Tidbits Podcast. The members of the podcasting team are still scattered hither and yon but are joining from wherever they can get to a microphone. I am not sure how they managed it but those who are able to participate today have managed to come pretty close to focusing on a single theme. Let's listen in and hear what they have for us. As I recall, Winnie the Pooh gave us this. Did you ever stop to think and forget to start again? The Pooh certainly has a knack for cutting to the chase. Most of us know exactly what he is talking about, although we aren't usually so direct. Instead, we say things like, it just slipped my mind, or I got busy and didn't have time to get back to it. Thomas J. Watson had a very Pooh-like explanation for our not thinking, men, and women too, very often resort to all sorts of devices in order not to think, because thinking is such hard work. Francois Duc de la Rochefoucauld was even more blunt than the Pooh and Watson, our minds are lazier than our bodies. When it comes to taxing the grey cells, the normal response is to avoid it any way possible. If perhaps we want some new excuses other than a lazy mind, we can try one of G-Ben's. Some people get lost in thought because it's such unfamiliar territory. Naturally we wouldn't want to find ourselves lost, especially due to hanging around somewhere we've never been before. If that doesn't quite work for us, Martin H. Fisher went everyone one step better when he said, physiological response to thinking and to pain is the same. And man is not given to hurting himself. Sure, thinking is masochistic and we definitely aren't into that sort of thing. You and I are just regular people. For us, that ivory tower nonsense should be reserved for intellectuals and other folks who can't get real jobs. H. L. Mencken is obviously one of those types. Can you believe what he said? The average man never really thinks from end to end of his life. The mental activity of such people is only a mouthing of clichés. Now just where does he think he gets off? Okay, we are totally against thinking. We're not into total brain freeze. It's only something we don't want to overdo. George Bernard Shaw offered a plan that may be worth considering. Few people think no more than two or three times a year. I have made an international reputation for myself by thinking once a week. What do you think, if that's not asking too much? Of course we're probably not in the same thinker league as Shaw. Okay, I will speak only for me. You can definitely speak for yourself. Since I am not in the same thinker league as Shaw, thinking a couple of times a month might be manageable. If so, that may be enough to qualify either of us for the ranks of the thinking elite and what a treat that would be. As Hume put it, what a peculiar privilege has this little agitation of the brain which we call thought. Whether you agree or disagree, that likely at least qualifies as something to think about. We may have a little theme going here. I also have something for us to think about. Consider this idea from Garrison Keillor. Some luck lies in not getting what we thought we wanted, but getting what we have which ones we have got it, we may be smart enough to see, is what we would have wanted had we known. Walt Disney wasn't quite as homespun as Keeler, but he agreed with the sentiment, you may not realize it when it happens, but a kick in the teeth may be the best thing in the world for you. Life and circumstances are as they are supposed to be, and typically are in our best interest, if we can find the benefit, which is frequently hidden, very hidden. 
Erich Fromm put the notion into perspective when he said, who will tell, whether one happy moment of love, or the joy of breathing, or walking on a bright morning, and smelling the fresh air is not worth all the suffering and effort which life implies. When we get down to it, we might not even be able to tell, that we have been dealt four races in life's great poker game. We are sitting here with the winning hand, and don't know it. Even worse, we think we lost. It's at moments like this, when we need to focus on the message from Rose F. Kennedy, birds sing after a storm, why shouldn't people feel as free to delight in whatever remains to them? Life certainly has its ups and downs, good days and bad, challenges and opportunities. The key is in seizing the opportunities, maximizing the good days, taking full advantage of life's ups, but how do we do this? It starts with understanding that as Frank A. Clark pointed out, if you can find a path with no obstacles, it probably doesn't lead anywhere. The bad days, the challenges, life's downs are, but prelude to the delights that remain. However objectionable life is for us today, we will do well, to do as Winston Churchill advised, if you're going through hell, keep going. If we find ourselves not quite getting the point, let the famous Anon be our guide, a bend in the road, is not the end of the road, unless we fail to make the turn, and make that turn we will. Let me ask you this. Are you contemplating a different strategy? Are you considering running away and hiding? Are you struggling to find a way to bypass life's hassles? As you imagine your alternatives, you need to know what Uncle Ramos discovered long ago, you can't run away from trouble. There ain't no place that far. Oliver Wendell Holmes agreed with Uncle Ramos' conclusion, if I had a formula for bypassing trouble, I would not pass it round. Trouble creates a capacity to handle it. I don't embrace trouble, that's as bad as treating it as an enemy. But I do say meet it as a friend, for you'll see a lot of it, and had better be on speaking terms with it. When we get down to living it, life may or may not have the silver lining Garrison Keeler hinted at, or be quite as good for us as Ralph Waldo Emerson suggested when he said, we acquire the strength we have overcome. Still, life really is like the famous and unobserved, it just wouldn't be a picnic without the ants. What do you think? Is that worth at least a short thing? If so, we are halfway toward our two thinks a month goal. I think I am ready to take a turn. I hope this qualifies as something interesting to think about. Let me toss this out to you from Charles Horton Cooley. When one ceases from conflict, whether because he has won, because he has lost, or because he cares no more for the game, the virtue passes out of him. I sure don't want any virtue passing out of me and bet you agree. You don't want any virtue passing out of you either. But let's think about this a bit more carefully. There are three concepts here that represent an unusual juxtaposition, conflict, the game, and virtue. Robert Lynn said, No doubt there are other important things in life besides conflict, but there are not many other things so inevitably interesting. The very saints interest us most when we think of them as engaged in a conflict with the devil. Conflict can certainly be interesting, either as a participant or as an observer, but the game and its relationship to virtue may be even more interesting. The game must first offer real and present win-lose possibilities. If it doesn't, the virtue passes out of us. More to the point, an immediate possibility of losing is the key to virtue. In this context, virtue is doing what is right and avoiding what is wrong. The virtuous person pursues winning while doing only what is right. Conflict is then, not the tension between winning and losing. Rather it's the responsibility of right versus the risk of wrong. The truly fatal risk is not losing. 
it's succumbing to the temptation to sacrifice our virtue on the altar of success. It's tempting to put forth a few moral pronouncements about right and wrong, but it's our call for each of us. The take-home point is simply that if you and I are virtuous people, we know what's right and understand what's wrong. The game for us is doing what's right and avoiding what's wrong, while playing to win, every time. To do otherwise is to let the virtue pass out of us. I am certainly happy that the team members were ready and able to share with us today. As nice as I think that is, I am even more happy that you chose to join us. It's always a better day when you choose to spend a few minutes with us. Please take care, be well, and don't miss any opportunity to make a difference to people who make a difference to you.